Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. Welcome to week two of a sermon series that we're calling The List. I think everybody's got a list this time of year. Our lists might look differently, but I think everybody's got a list, even if you're not a list person. Um, I don't know about you, but I've got list people in my life. But this time of year, it's like everybody has a list. For some of us, that list is, you know, all the people that we want to do something special for this time of year, uh, maybe the different gifts we have in mind to give them. For others of us, the list is what we want ourselves, what we're hoping will be under the tree, you know, for us. I thought this was the perfect time to just consider something that maybe you've never thought of before, and that is that one of the true signs of maturity is the list of those things you wish for. So today, I want us to kind of mentally pull out that wish list that we have this time of year and examine it closely because I think it could really tell you something about yourself. Um, I I, want to talk to you about spiritual maturity today, and let me kick this off by saying that God has expectations for us along these lines. I think far too often, we're just oblivious to the idea that God actually has expectations for us. But he does. He absolutely does. And when it comes to spiritual maturity, he wants to see that within our lives. So often we'll find a promise in God's word and and we'll grab a hold of it again, oblivious to the idea that God has expectations for us. So for instance, I think everybody loves Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, and their pro- uh, plans to prosper you and to give a hope and give you a future. And, and we kind of take that and we attach it to all of our plans. And we miss the whole introductory statement of that promise where God said, I have plans for you. And it's God's plan for you that he's promised to give hope to. It's God's plan for you that he's promised to bring fulfill, you know, bring to uh, fruition or fulfillment. It's God's plan for you. God has plans for every one of us. He has expectations for us. And those expectations include spiritual growth and maturity. He wants you further along spiritually today than you were a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. In fact, someone once observed that if you're in the same place spiritually today that you were this time last year, guess what? You're backslidden. Why? Because in Christ, we need to always be progressing. We need to always be advancing. We need to be stronger in the Lord, closer to the Lord. So today, I want us to mentally pull that wish list out and see if it reflects this desire to be spiritually mature, this desire to grow in the Lord and, and to be like God. Um, my wife uh, is someone who, uh, this time of year, in fact, uh, weeks leading up to Christmas, I will ask her, hey, Donna, what do you want for Christmas? And I'm never going to get an answer from her. I mean, she'll, oh, let me think about it. Oh, I'll let you know. 
And I mean, typically every Christmas, and not just Christmas, but birthday and anniversary, I'm going to be giving her a card with cash because she's never going to let me know, yeah, these are the things that I want. I don't know if you have someone like that in your life, but it's frustrating, right? And it took some time, but I, I, I finally realized that Donna is that way because she's very selfless. She's not a selfish person. She doesn't typically think of herself. She's always thinking about others. Me, on the other hand, when she asks me what I want for Christmas, man, I got a whole list of things that I'm going to go, I would like this, or you could get me that. And I'm beginning to realize she's the mature one, right? Me, not so much. Hey, we all got room to grow. Y'all quit judging me. I see you out there judging me. We all have room to grow, and it should be our desire to grow. And really, that wish list that you have this time of year should demonstrate to you whether growing spiritually, becoming more like God, uh, becoming more spiritually strong really is the priority of your heart. It really is that, that great desire of your life. I love what Paul says by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 13, 11, he writes these words. When I was a child, I talked like a child. Remember those days? He said, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became an adult, I set aside childish ways. Today is my opportunity to just lean into that with you and ask you, have you put away childish ways? Or do you find yourself many times acting very childish in how you respond to something that happens to you? Very childish in, in what it is that you really desire or what you're prioritizing. Paul said, when I was a child, I, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. And maybe you do as well, but Paul's demonstrating here to us all, spiritual maturity puts childish things away. So today I want to ask us all, what is it that I need to put away? What is it that I need to lay aside? What do I need to cast off? What easily besetting way do I need to cast off so that I can run the race that God has set me to? I believe that self-awareness is the first fruit of real maturity. Paul's saying, listen, I can remember when I acted very childish. So there was a time in Paul's life when all of a sudden he became aware that this isn't the way a person is supposed to rationalize. This isn't the way a person is supposed to reason. This isn't the way a person is supposed to think or act or behave. And he had an awareness of it. For him, it was the very first time that awareness was the first fruit of real spiritual maturity. And your awareness will be the same. So you know there's a, a big difference between IQ and EQ. And we look at, we look at that and, and the emotional side of our development is just as important as the intellectual side, sometimes more important than the intellectual side of our development. We've got to get honest with ourselves. And I want today to be that inventory for us all. I want it to be kind of that self-exam where we allow a, a, an awareness of, hey, I'm just not as spiritually mature as I should be. I'm, I'm still very childish in how I'm processing this or that to bring us to a point where we change. Someone said, we've reached maturity the day we don't have to be lied to anymore. 
I don't know who it is that you've aligned yourself with, that tells you everything you want to hear, that pats anything on the back for you that you want to try to justify. It may be you yourself looking at yourself in a mirror, lying to yourself every day saying, oh, it's okay, and, and God understands. But listen, God's got expectations for us all. He wants to see us grow. He wants to see us develop. And that should be what our list right now is made up of, of that desire, that priority to become what God wants us to be. But can I just tell you, that's not just going to happen. You're not just going to kind of stumble into spiritual maturity. I hope you understand and realize that ours is a fallen world, and in a fallen world, everything goes downstream. Any kind of advancement you're going to make spiritually, you've got to get intentional about. You're going to have to fight against the current if you're going to get anywhere with God. So once again, spiritual maturity requires intentionality. They say we are what we eat. And so to be healthy, you've got to decide to be healthy. You've got to eat when you're supposed to eat. You've got to eat what you're supposed to eat. But immature people don't do that. I have a little grandson that you hear me talk about regularly that I'm just bonkers over. I just love this kid. And when he was developing at the stage where his parents were wanting him to take responsibility to eat what was on his tray... You know, I, I'm with all of that unless it's one of those days where he's being a little finicky, you know, finicky and, he, and he's not, you know, going through with it. And they're going to let him sit there until he finishes what's on his tray and Poppy's ready to go play. And then what Poppy would do is kind of come around when no one's looking, get a spoon and try to make the airplane make its landing, you know, so we can get this done and we can get to playing. And I would frustrate my daughter and my son-in-law because they're wanting him to mature. I think there's a lot of pastors in the body of Christ today that are taking a Poppy approach towards people that need to learn how to just grow up and, and understand we've got responsibility in all this. Your spiritual leaders can't pray you through the rest of your life. We can't spoon feed you on Sunday morning what it's going to take for you to grow strong and healthy spiritually. you got to open that book yourself day to day and pull out the truth of God's word and embrace it. That will help us to grow and help us get healthy. I'm waiting on somebody to help me out here today. we got to grow up. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14 says, Solid food is for those who are mature who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So I want to give you today six signs of maturity. And again, I want us to do a little bit of a self-exam as I share these truths with you from God's Word. Be honest about what's on your list. Do you see these six signs of maturity within yourself? Or at least have they made the list? Are, are, are they actually something you're aspiring to? If not, then the list has to change. I had Megan and the team sing that great old song written by Amy Grant, Grown Up Christmas List. Because today, if we're going to be honest... Our lists need to change, and we need to begin to prioritize and desire things we know are going to please the heart of our Heavenly Father. Amen? So let me give you six signs of maturity. The first one is putting others first. How well do you do that? When you look at the list of your life, what do you see there? Is everything on that list about you, what you want, what you need, what you desire, or do you see 
others on your list, their well-being, how well they're getting along. Is that what's on your list? Because that's what spiritual maturity looks like. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 20 says, Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. Now let me share the context that he makes that that he makes that observation in. The context is a service like this one. And, and the Christians in Corinth want services to cater to what they want. They want spiritual gifts always operating. And Paul's going, look, I would rather somebody step up with a prophetic word that's gonna lead somebody to Jesus, a prophetic word that's gonna help someone grow in the Lord than just you guys come together and have a big Pentecostal time and speak in tongues all day. He's not condemning speaking in tongues. He's just saying you got to think about somebody other than yourself. Church can't be about, hey, how good of a parking spot can I get? So when it's over, I'm going to beat the Baptist to the buffet. Church can't be about, well, they didn't do the songs I like today, so I may not go back next week. we got to come to a place of spiritual maturity where the service isn't so much about me, but those that God wants to use me to help. God wants to use me to make a an impact upon. Putting others first is that sign of spiritual maturity. So our grown-up Christmas list should start with seeing the lost come to Christ. Can I ask you, how high up on your list is that? How high up on your list is people coming to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior? Are you capable of working with someone every day, living down the street from someone every day that you know doesn't know Christ and they're going to spend forever separated from God and you're totally okay with that and you never make any kind of effort to reach them? No, no, no. People who are mature are going to share Jesus with others. They're going to invite people to church. They're going to get involved in seeing the lost come to Christ. You're grown-up Christmas list should start with seeing the lost come to Christ. How you doing so far? Number two, second sign of spiritual maturity is loving like Jesus. Loving like Jesus. Do we love like him? I read earlier 1 Corinthians 13, 11, where Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke and I thought and I reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. I'm bringing that back up right now because I want you to recognize the context that he makes that claim in. It's the context of 1 Corinthians 13. We refer to it as the love chapter. Growing up is all about love. Maturity is all about love. It's about loving like Jesus. So maturity is going to look like the love chapter. Our life, if we're spiritually mature, is going to look like the love chapter. I want to share an excerpt with you from one of our favorite children's stories growing up, Peter Pan. Mid-dialogue between Wendy and Peter Pan. Wendy, who's fallen in love with Peter Pan, confronts him about his feelings. She says, Peter, what are your real feelings? To which he responds, feelings? She says, what do you feel? Happiness, sadness, jealousy, anger, love. Peter says, love? I've never heard of it. I think you have, Peter. I dare say you felt it yourself for something, for someone. Never, he says. Even the sound of it offends me. Wendy 
reaches for Peter in a loving gesture. And suddenly, Peter runs away shouting, why do you spoil everything? We have fun, don't we? I taught you to fight, and I taught you to fly. What more could there be? There's so much more, she answers. What? What else is there? I don't know, Wendy says. I think it becomes clearer when you grow up. Well, I will not grow up. You cannot make me go home and grow up and take your feelings with you. Why would I quote Peter Pan on the Sunday morning before Christmas? Because that's a lot closer to what many of our lives look like than we're willing to admit. We won't grow up and love like Jesus because love requires risks and we're not willing to take the chance. But God said, I've got expectations for you. And my expectations is that you grow in the Lord. And because God is love, you can't grow in the Lord without loving So think about this for just a moment. If we're spiritually mature, our life looks like the love chapter. Let me read from it. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 7. Love is patient and kind. Stop throwing those elbows out there. Stop that. Love is not jealous. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It's not rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but love rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Does that describe you? If it does, then you're, mis- you're mature. You're, you're maturing. If it doesn't, you got some room to grow. And God expects us to grow. So our grown-up Christmas list should include a greater capacity for love. How high is that on your list? How much does that possess you, this desire, this priority to have a greater capacity for love, for loving. That's got to be way up on the list. Thirdly, I'm sharing some, some signs of maturity with you. Thirdly, taking our place in the body of Christ is a sign of spiritual maturity. You, you understand what I mean by that? I mean that moment when church is no longer a one-hour visit to a building at the corner of I-10 and I-49 once a week. But church becomes that thing that I'm connected to, that thing that, 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 I am, that I am linked with, that thing that I'm pouring into, that thing that's pouring into me, that community that I have found my identity in, is a, that is a sign of spiritual maturity when we take our place in the body of Christ. Listen to Paul's words, inspired by the Holy Spirit in Ephesians chapter four, starting in verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do God's work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then, somebody say then. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed 
blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth instead. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who's the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Can I ask you, is that on your list? Are you content to just kind of be on the fringes, looking in once a week, but never waiting on in to everything that God expects us as a family? He said that, that they'll know we're his disciples. We'll know, they'll know that we're his followers by the way we love each other. And so we've got to find our place in the body of Christ in order to be spiritually mature. What are you saying, Jeff? I'm saying your grown-up Christmas list has to include a desire to be used by God. God, I want you to use me. How many of those prayers have you sent upward over the last few days? It's a real indication as to whether or not we're growing spiritually, we're maturing like we should. Number four, discipling others. And these two walk hand in hand. Discipling others is a clear indication that you're spiritually maturing. When you take as far as you have reached in your journey and you help somebody else reach that place themselves, you're demonstrating some real spiritual maturity. I'd like to read from Hebrews chapter 5. I read verse 14 uh, earlier, but let's, let's catch up to verse 14 by reading those, those verses that lead up to it. Uh, we, we're not sure who wrote the book of Hebrews you know, I've got my opinion. I think it was probably Paul. But whoever's writing this is writing by inspiration of the Holy Spirit and says there is much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Man, I'm so glad God doesn't cut corners. Amen. And then he goes on to say, you've been believers so long now. Watch the language. That you ought to be, that you ought to be teaching others. What? Spiritual maturity means you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what's right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Paul's saying, listen, there's a period of time in your spiritual development when there, it is an infancy stage. You are a baby in the Lord. And, and the milk of the word is fine for that season. But but when your whiskers are so long, you got to part the whiskers to get the bottle in, something's wrong. At some point, you got to grow up. And part of growing up is an understanding. I have a responsibility to others. I am, as a disciple, to be a discipler. I'm to teach others. How high is that on your list? Have you prioritized that? Are you, on a, are you on a team? Are you leading a small group? Are you involved in some way of imparting what God has put in you into somebody else? Our grown-up Christmas list should include leadership. Hey, I'm going to follow Jesus, and I'm going to lead somebody else who needs to follow Jesus. Being a discipler is part of the spiritual maturation process. Number five, 
A fifth way to know that we're growing and maturing is this. We move beyond setbacks, hurts, failures, and regrets. And come on, can we just get out? We all have them. Can I just share with you? I got them. I, I have them. There are definite regrets in my yesterdays. But at some point, you got to just grow up, get up, let God bring healing, and move on to the glory of God. Amen? And, and, and a real indicator of how spiritually mature you are, you are is your ability to get past what they said, what they did, how they treated you, what, what circumstance came your way. Philippians chapter 3, I've always considered to be Paul's personal testimony, and I love it. And it reads like this in verse 10 through verse 15. I want to know Christ, Paul says. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. And then he goes, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, and here's the formula, forgetting what's behind, straining towards what's ahead. I press on, somebody say it with me. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 15. All of us then who are mature should take a view of such things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. What's he saying? He's saying maturity forgets what's behind and strains towards what's ahead. Growing up in Jesus brings you to a point where you let things go, where you, where you lay things at the feet of Jesus and you let him handle it and you move on in all that he has planned for you. So your grown-up Christmas list should include forgiveness. Oh, I'd love to know how high that is up on your list. Forgiving because we want to be forgiven. Forgiving in light of how we've been forgiven. It's got to be on the list of everyone who aspires to mature and grow up in the Lord. Real quickly, look at your list with me. Pull it out there in your mind. Is putting others first on that list? Is loving like Jesus on that list is taking your place in the body of Christ, is, is discipling others, is moving beyond your setbacks, your hurts, your failures, your regrets. Are all those things on your list? I hope so. And one last thing has to be on the list if we're going to mature as God expects us to. And that is, number six, we've got to refuse to act like the world. I want to just take a moment with you online as well as all of you in the house and I want us to get brutally honest with ourselves. Look at me, church. We look too much like the world. We act too much like the world. We sound too much like the world. And maturing, growing spiritually is going to bring us to a place where we refuse to act like that anymore. We just will not tolerate that kind of behavior in our life anymore. That's what spiritual Maturity really looks like. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 says, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles 
And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Can I just say, maturity means you live by your commitments, not by your feelings. You're not always going to feel like doing the right thing. Do the right thing anyway. You're not always going to want to do it God's way. That's okay. Do it God's way anyway. That's what maturity looks like. It it casts off the weight, the sin that so easily besets us so we can run this race with perseverance that God has set before us. We live by our commitment to these things he calls maturity, not by how you feel in the moment. Have you lived long enough to figure out your feelings are always going to lead you astray? So let's live by those commitments Can I ask you today, what childish things do you need to put aside today? What childish thoughts do you need to put aside today? I heard about a man who had done the same job for the same money for 25 years, a quarter of a century. He finally worked up the nerve to go into his boss's office and ask for a raise. And the boss said, why should I give you a raise? The man thought about it a minute and he said, well, because I have 25 years of experience here in our company. And the boss said, no, you don't. You don't have a quarter of a century of experience. You've just experienced the same thing for a quarter of a century. And I'm I'm afraid that's, that's the story of far too many of us. We, we equate being in church for 25 years as some form of spiritual maturity when in fact you're no different than you were 25 years ago. At some point, we've got to grow up. We've got to embrace this spiritual maturity process. And when we do, our Christmas list is going to be a grown-up one. It's going to look totally different. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to take just a moment and give you an invitation to accept Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. If you've never done that and you have no assurance in your heart that you're right with God, ready to meet God in eternity, I want you to consider a couple of things. The Bible tells us that all of us have sinned. All of us have come short of the glory of God. You know, it's the one thing we all have in common. We're all sinners. We all need a Savior. The scripture says that the price of our sin is separation from God. Now, God doesn't want us separated from him. He wants to connect with us. It meant so much to him that he sent his own son, Jesus, to come to this earth and to die on the cross for our sins. He rose again. And now the Bible says if we place our faith in Christ, we can be forgiven. We can be made right with God. And we can have a brand new life here and now and an eternal life when this life is over. Again, if you have no assurance of that, you can. You simply need to place your faith in Jesus Christ. The scripture says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So God loves you and he's ready to save you. He's just waiting on you to call on him. Why don't we do that right now? Let's call on God together by praying a very simple prayer. Repeat the words of this prayer after me. Let those words come right from your heart. Let's pray. Dear God, 
I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from you, and I don't want that. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe He died for me and rose again. And through faith in Jesus, I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive all my sin, and change my life. Be Lord of my life. From this day forward, I don't live for me anymore or the world anymore. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And God, I thank you right now, even as I pray, according to your promise, my sins are forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. If you just prayed that prayer with us, we want to know about it. We want to celebrate with you. Uh, all you'll need to do is just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to the number that's on your screen. Or uh, just go to the description below and you'll see a link that you can click there. And someone will connect with you and give you some next steps in your brand new faith in Jesus Christ. We're so excited that you've accepted Christ as your Savior and your Lord today. Congratulations and God bless you.